here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. So much for staying with us. So, as you have heard, some academic programs had already commenced around the 20th of April at some higher education learning facilities, and they were going to start. We've spoken to a couple of uh, rectors and deans and so on who were quite clear that they were going to start going ahead with e learning, and uh, that was just that. And uh, we got wind of the fact that a lot of students were really unhappy with this and we decided to invite them. We've also asked um, some other representatives who, by the way, do agree with the students. Uh, But at the moment, I think there is just a little bit of anxiety around speaking up because they feel a little bit victimized, those who disagree with management. So we'll, we'll see. We'll play it by ear. We've requested some who've been quite vocal about how they see it in the same manner as the students. Um, basically professors and academics who are saying these students are absolutely right. There's no way that this is going to be something that's going to be possible for everybody. But w- what we're seeing now is that we, we're just getting, you know, we, it's quite difficult to get one to commit to speaking up. And I understand that um, in fear of being victimized and so on. I understand that by your colleagues. But we've got two representatives here who will state their case because they're students and uh, I suppose have nothing to fear. This SRC president, uh, Tuto Khabapedi, who is joining us on the line. And I've also got Bongani Kinsaina Matlangu, South African Union of Students National Executive Committee member, also a PhD economics candidate at the North. West University. Both of you, good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon, Pamela, and thank you for having us. Let me start with you, Tuto, at WITS. Um, WITS was very clear when we spoke to WITS. They're going ahead. They're starting with e-learning. Your take on that? No, I think as a student and as a, and as a student leader at WITS, we had, prior to the commencement of the academic program, made it very clear that we are against the commencement of the academic program. And uh, we stated a number of issues, you know, um, that are still outstanding even today. Uh, Just before I spoke with you, uh, we released a statement, you know, just to to continue, you know, agitating for, for our disagreement with the continuation of the academic program to say that um, from the 20th of April till now, there are still outstanding issues. Uh, they have not been addressed. Um, you know, students are complaining of the amount of assessments that they have that there is being imposed upon them, and and we, we are in the fourth week already since the 20th of April of the commencement of the academic program, and you know, it, there's still a lot of anxiety. You know, and it's just a it's just evidence to the amount of you know, um, unturned stones that are still there with regards to online learning. You're referring to assessments. Is assessment the only thing that really is your biggest concern right now, Tuto? No, 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 definitely not. I mean, just assessments is one of the problems that we had highlighted. I think one of the main concerns was with regards to the inequalities that exist, not only within the institution, but in society. And for the fact that um, we we have now moved outside of, 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 of the university space and we've, you know, we've went back into the society, Many of the societal inequalities, in fact, become more prevalent than they were 
uh, when we were in an institutional space. So, so there's, there's those inequalities. There's the fact that um, assessments continue as though it's normal. There's the fact that, uh, you know, there's just um, no ear being given to us from the university space. And, you know, we, we, I come to you today speaking not only as a student leader at Hertz University, but also as a student myself who is, you know, experiencing some of these difficulties that are around online learning um, because of just the societal, you know, impacts that we find ourselves in because we, we have returned to the society. I mean, many of the households that we've returned to, many of them do not allow for, 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 for you know, remote learning to... There's, there's just inequalities around electricity, access, and a number of issues that we've been very vocal about, not only as student leaders, but as, as students themselves, because students have also come up and have said, but this is not working. Some of them were, were confident that they, they, they you know, can continue. Mm. But as it went along and third, fourth week into the program, they are starting to get the anxiety and, and, and you know, the panic. So there's just that anxiety around. And universities are not assisting with regards to calming the situation down, with regards to saying, you know, we are in this together. They have instead, as you, as you mentioned, tend to victimizing students, tend to, you know, to victimizing ourselves, we've been vocal, uh, and, and have created sort of an impression that, um, they are on the side of the academic program and that students do not want to continue or complete the academic program, which is something that we've called out there for to say we have been pro, pro the academic program as, as students and the impression that is created to say that we don't want the academic program from the university is a wrong one in the university called again. So those are just some of the issues that, that we continue to highlight and, and you know, we, we continue to say uh, they must be addressed. Okay. Tuto Khabapete is a VETS SRC president. He's in conversation with me alongside Bongani Kensani Matlang, who's South African Union of Student National Executive Committee member. He's also a PhD economics candidate at Northwest University. And we do now have a voice from the Black Caucus at UCT representatives who have, you'll be interested to know, quite an interesting take on what they think about this reopening of the academic year. It's 2.30, let's go to Uzi Lesaku for the very latest in headlines. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. Thank you so much for staying with us. I've been in conversation with the WITS SRC President Tuto Khabapeti, and uh, I want to bring in the conversation now Bongani Kinsane Matlangu, South African Union of Student National Executive Committee member, as well as a PhD economics candidate at the Northwest University. Thank you so much, Bongani, for joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you too, and thank you for having me. Bongani, we, we're here now. We, we knew your pleas even before the lockdown. Uh, you were quite vocal and quite clear about your concerns. Because we are now here, what do you think is the way forward? Um, what we have done is we, before um, even a task team was formulated, 
um, immediately after it was announced that we are going to lock down and there were talks of e-learning that has been later changed now. It's now, they used now the phrase flexible remote learning. Is that we submitted an 11-page document, which is basically scenario planning, to say these are what we think, or these are the ideas that we think might work subject to the scenario, because we know that things are changing every day. For instance, at first we had eight stages, now we have five levels, a cure can come today, a vaccine can come today, and things change. Give us us just one example, Bongani, because I'm trying to, in my mind, see and understand your issues. So at some point, now tell me if I'm wrong, both yourself, Tuto and Wangani, we were told that you're going to be supported by uh, telecoms companies, you'll be given data <coughs> and so on, and um, some of you have got some money that comes from Nesfas, you were encouraged to buy devices. Did all of that come through? No, um, you see what we had done as the union, we said that the argument or the debate about devices, connectivity, data and electricity are actually secondary issues. Mm. They're not something that you can call a principal argument, a principal debate. Um, so we cannot then reduce ourselves to debating gadgets. What is primary here is that there should not be any perpetuation of inequality that um, inequality that currently exists in the sector. So that is what we must debate. So hence we then propose what we call no student left behind, which should then have been understood as no individual student, no individual institution should be left behind. But what we have since seen is that institutions, your formerly white institutions that are highly resourced, they went ahead with academics, as Vet um, Tuto is now saying. They went ahead, so they used the first mover advantage because they have existing resources within the, um, the institution, within their disposal, leaving other institutions behind. And then those same institutions then issued out what was called um, fact-finding um, um, surveys and so forth and so on. And students participated on those surveys. And then they took the statistics from those surveys and used them as referendums to justify the move or, um, or to justify the continuation of teaching and learning under these circumstances. Now, the same student that says yes to remote learning or e-learning does not understand that there is a curriculum, a curriculum that was designed for contact learning, meaning mm. you, class, mm. and the lecturer before you. Now you are taking the very same curriculum, you are putting it on a digital platform. It was not designed for that. Now it raises issues of quality. And the student does not know that there is a South African Qualifications Authority. There's a Council of Higher Education who has to ensure that quality is not compromised regardless. So there has, no, there, there has not been any quality checks. Students participate on those surveys without being um, apprised with full information of the detriment of that this might jeopardize the academic integrity of your qualification. And if it is jeopardized, you may not be able to articulate next year if you are a final year student. You may not be able to find jobs in the future or social mobility because your qualification has been compromised by these platforms. And now, so, then so, we go... So let me, let me ask you this then, Bongani, raising those particular issues, what has that meant for TVET colleges? And if you are engaging your SAQWAs, what is SAQWA saying? Unfortunately, we exist in the university space. Like there is a SAFETA that caters for the interests of um, TVET students. But some of the things we then say also do spill over into that space. But I do not, um, unfortunately, yes. represent that space. Okay. SACWA has been quiet. And if you look at the SACWA mandate, SACWA has to advise the, the DHEAD, has to advise universities. It has been quiet. Now, that's why what we see, even now what Tuto is saying is that assessments are taking place as usual. Summative assessments are not even formative assessments. So that means now that curriculum that was not designed for that platform is being taught on that platform as if all is normal, meaning students will be compromised. 
some students might not be able to participate adequately, and that might compromise the throughput, that might compromise their performance. Meaning a student who was funded by some private bank for a buzzard and usually gets 65% in order to retain the buzzard. Because of these things that these universities are doing, that student next year might get 50% and be, be cut off from the buzzer. And the same university will not care when that student has so, an outstanding so, balance. So, gentlemen, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. You're saying SAKWA has been quiet, but my question to you is, particularly you, Tuto, and in fact you, Bongani, as representatives, why haven't you engaged SAKWA? Because this is in your interest. SAKWA's mandate is to advise the DHEAD. We have, been, we have been speaking to the DHEAD. We have been speaking to the USAF. We have two representatives in the national task team that are supposed to air these things. And SACWA chair and other regulators of qualifications have to be in the task team. So what we have seen is we raise issues in the task team because we are told that the task team will coordinate the sector mm -hmm. and ensure that everyone moves as one, everyone does the same thing at the same time. So then we um, uh, then in, in, uh, brief our representatives to say raise these issues there. But then when we see things happening in the media and other platforms, for instance, when the minister comes to the media to pronounce what happens, it's things that do not express or do not show that whatever the task team has raised to the minister was adhered to, it was listened to. So meaning everyone is just doing their own thing. There is no coordination in the sector. Currently. All right. Before you come in, Tuto, I just want to add the fact that we have reached out to uh, Black Caucus at UCT representatives who were not able to speak to us because of, you know, time constraints and so on. But there is a representative, Asanda Benya, who is a sociology department at, at uh, UCT. And this is their view on the issue. Online learning is very different from what we've been trained to do and from what we are used to doing. And to think that academics can do online learning without proper training, I think is misleading. Uh, not only are academics not trained to do online learning, but the kind of training that they have received was only one week. Now, if you appreciate that teaching online is totally different from face-to-face -face teaching, you'll know that one week's training is simply not enough when you are being trained on how to do very basic things, but also quite complex things online. It's not only the academics who are not trained to do online learning, but this requires a whole new different kind of administrative work that supports it. And I don't know if any of our institutions have that kind of support work in place. Students are also struggling to do online work. Just the past week when we've been teaching students online, a lot of them are, are struggling to get online, to do their work online and to participate in the ways that online work requires of students. And this is not just for students, the struggling students who are coming from disadvantaged backgrounds, but it's also students who are actually quite well off. Uh, at UCT, where I'm based, students have been struggling in the past week. It's not just been me teaching online, but it's also been me helping students make sense of doing their work online. But also depositing material online and putting up podcasts online and meeting with your students through either Zoom, those who are able to get on Zoom or WhatsApp, that's not teaching. Teaching is not just depositing material in an online repository. In the humanities, as an example, we need to teach our students to be critical thinkers. And it's difficult to infuse or uphold the, the level of criticality if everything is happening online. 
also in the country, South Africa, and now I'm just talking about local students. I'm not even talking about international students who are coming from other countries in the continent, but just local students. Infrastructure, we all know, it's unevenly distributed in the country. And some of our students, as people have been saying over the past few weeks, that some communities don't even have proper connectivity. So if you're going to be learning online and you're coming from a community that does not have proper uh, connectivity, how are you going to do online learning? I mean, just downloading a voice note on WhatsApp when you live in these communities, it takes a lot because you have to go and stand in a particular place. So it's not only that we're not prepared to do online, but also in terms of infrastructure, people don't have all the resources that are necessary to do online. And I'm not just talking here about internet connectivity or laptops availability, but I'm talking about just poles that enable you to connect online. All right. So that was the voice of Asanda Benya, who is from representing the Black Caucus at UCT. And she's uh, at the Department of Sociology. We'll continue this conversation after this. Here, there and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangaung. Thank you so much for staying with us. So it's quite interesting that you heard from uh, a group of uh, academic representatives who are saying they agree with the students. Let me just quickly read uh, a WhatsApp that just came uh, came through. And I think it was referring to you, Tuto. It says, so the gentleman from WITS is basically saying that they were left out of the discourse when e-learning was implemented on the 20th of April. Why raise your challenges only now? Should the academic year be scrapped off in their view? So I, I just want to also just say, Morris is the person person who sent the message you, I, I just want to say <laughs> you didn't raise it just now I know that so let's just that's clear to I, I know that you didn't only raise it now you've been raising it for before but what Morris is also asking is that what's your suggestion and both of you I want to ask you the same question if you are saying particularly you Bongani that what you are seeing from the ministries when they go and, and address the media and so on and you Tuto have been on this for a while I know you were because because you spoke to us even before the lockdown we are here and you feel that you've not been heard what's the way forward you can um, start to, to do okay uh, all right I, I, thank, thank you for saving me there for saying that we, we are only raising these issues now we are not we've been raising them so so i think i think the way forward now you know what is happening across across the sector and what is happening with online learning at this point is just an indication of the already existent inequalities within the sector. It is just an indication of the fact that the sector is in a massive crisis and it requires direct leadership that will be able to take the sector and unite the sector. I mean, when we spoke of SACA earlier on and it being silent, I was just, you know, trying to figure out how all of these things are panning out and how the sector is just in some So I... I I, I, from the first instance, and we as the, as the Vetus RC had from the first instance said that we are pro the academic group. That is something that we must say. And second to that, however, we agree with what we used to say. In our approach of being pro the academic program, we will not allow for any students to be left behind. So if, if the academic year must be scrapped, 
we, we can't say the academic MRC is correct. For instance, I asked someone a question earlier on to say, who, who said that the year must start in January and end in December? Who, who, who has come up with that theory? The, the sector must really sit down and un, underpin the sector. Online learning is not working. <coughs> the universities must sit down and engage on a rearranged particular academic program that will be able to, you know, allow for the transition from contact learning to online learning. So the, the theory that the academic must be scrapped for me is not what I am going to support. Okay. I'm going to support a rearrangement of the academic program that will allow the transition mm. from online learning, I mean, from, from contact learning into online learning. Because, you know, uh, the, the lady from, from the Black Women's Caucus raised a lot of issues that underpin the fact that you can't just move from contact learning to, to online learning. Mm. Lecturers today are sending... 45 minutes, you know, voice notes of lectures, as though it, we are in a contact learning environment. So the transition must really be something that is thought through, mm. and us creating the year should not be what we want. It should be a rearrangement of the academic calendar that we must consider. Tuto, let me just hold you there because we are running out of time. I want to take a quick voice note before I go to Bongani to close off. Hi. Um my name is Kelvin, and I'm a uh, student, a postgraduate student. Yes, the problem that I have is that no one is actually talking about postgraduate students. Like I've been trying to understand, would see like where can we get or find information if you're a postgraduate student? Like how can we get help? Because most of us don't have funding. A majority of postgraduate students, and uh, a majority of them also were working at programs, virus programs that were at the university, and now the university is closed. So the question is, how are we going to continue to to get money? Because we are not even paid. Like for the since January, a majority of student assistants have not been paid. So we are a bit confused. So if anyone can help out, because we don't have laptops, some of us don't have uh, money for data, etc. Like there's a lot that we go through but the thing is that the emphasis is only on uh, NSFAS students or undergrad students but what about postgrad? Bongani, let me quickly give you a chance to respond. In fact, I know that the minister did focus a bit on the over uh, the, uh, the postgrad students. In fact, he said they would be the easiest to adapt. Bongani, your response? Um, basically, I'm trying to now move very quickly because of yes, time Yes, please, I'm so sorry we that said, we're running we, out of time. We, as Saoud, we said, no student left behind. That is inclusive of postgraduate students. So what we have submitted to the ministry is that we had a group called the Peripheral Group. So that group now consists of also postgraduate students, students with disabilities, students with mental illnesses, international students, uh, final year students, and students who have a strong practical component in their program. We said those students have to be the first to be considered in a phase, in proper phase in approach to be returned back to campus. And if we had to quantify the number of those students, they do not make a significant number. So we are not coming up with a majoritarian stance to say that we just want solutions that cover the majority. We want solutions that cover each and every student. Yes, the minister was right at some point to say that 
postgraduate students, at some point we can deal with them in a certain manner, but you cannot deal with all of them in that manner. I will not get into the details of that. But and also I wanted to touch on what um, the UCT um, uh, academic said. We also raised that to the minister. He is talking about pedagogy, that you cannot just change pedagogy overnight. So pedagogy is the science of education, the method and practice of education. So you do not move from a contact um, a pedagogy to a, a, a remote learning pedagogy overnight without looking at certain things. Some of the things I addressed are issues of quality. So I would suggest to the person that talked about postgraduate students, on the South um, Facebook page, we released a, a statement on, 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 on issues pertaining to the sector and all the different kinds of students that will be affected in different kinds of ways. And postgraduates are there. I'm a postgraduate myself. Okay, they are saying, someone here, it's a very long e- uh, SMS, I'm not going to read it all, but it's from Voya who says, well, do you as SAUS consult students when you make your decisions? And to you, Tato, the one says, well, you're so misinformed because UNISA, for instance, has everything online. What's so special about you guys? I'm going to literally give you two minutes to respond. Tuto, let's start with you. Thanks. Um, uh, uh, on the question of UNISA being, I, I, mean, I mean, UNISA was designed for that particular limit. This university, and, and I think the, the point must be stressed, universities that are trying to transition from online, from the, the contact learning platform into online learning at this point, are universities that were designed to, you know, deliver contact teaching. And, and as, as, as Bongani said, the pedagogy in those institutions, the, the pedagogy at this is that of contact learning. Those lecturers who are not saying for online learning. The students themselves, you know, find it very difficult to transition from contact learning into online learning. So, 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 so that is something that we must stress at some point. And secondly, with regards to, 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 to engaging with students, yes, we definitely do engage with students uh, across the level. I mean, just last week we released a poll on Twitter where we wanted to find out how students are coping with the online learning and the transition. And about 60% of the students that actually responded to that poll had said that they're anxious, particularly because assessments are coming up, test week is coming up, and the like. So we don't just magically come up with these things. We are students ourselves before we are student leaders. But secondly, we lead a constituency that we consult with. And these things, these things that we raise are more than anything things that come from the constituencies that we lead. All right. Um, Bongani, did you want to respond? Um, yeah, no, thanks. So what we do as SAUS, we represent students this way. We, uh, we take views from the SRCs. So then the SRCs would then engage the students at that university or campus, and then they would then synthesize the information and send it to SAUS. So we'll have then 26 uh, maybe data sets. And it's from that that we synthesize and formulate a position. And also, remember, we are students as well, so we know what is going on and we are affected by what is going on. So that is the consultation we do, or that is the process of consultation as um, the South African Union of Students. And also to raise, um, we do not just represent, because there's also there's this strong notion that it's always about NASA students. NASA students only contribute 30% of the student population in the sector. We represent 100% of the students. Hence, we have said to the minister that we have to reprise it can't be that everyone is giving everyone else um, a payment breaks, tax breaks, and so forth. But universities insist that students must pay the exact amount as if it was a contact learning situation. We are saying our courses have to be repriced. That will then ensure that there is a surplus saving for students. And that surplus savings is money that will then be used to assist students of the missing middle and other students who might have certain problems that can be assisted through monetary means.
So we represent each and everyone. That's why I urge people, because of the constraints of time, to go onto our Facebook page, South, and see what we are talking about, see the things we have been raising. Some of the things I cannot raise them here because of time. But there they are properly articulated, and we can un- we engage on those platforms. Gentlemen, I still don't have the answer. I know what the problems are, but the two of you are not telling me from this point. You, My biggest concern is that you're saying you don't get the sense that you've been listened to. You're not getting an audience. That's the one thing that you're saying that I'm hearing. And I'm saying... At this late at this late stage, this started with some of the universities on the twentieth of April. Mm. W- what's our way forward? So it's, um, it's one thing for us to say these are the problems. I'm concerned about going forward. What is our way forward? As so, the South African Union of Students, I'm sorry to so, that we do have those two representatives in the task team, and we are still urging them. Um, we still uh, uh, brief them as what to raise at that task team. But if they do not listen to us, we have to be practical here. Before lockdown, we were able to strike. We were able to put the academic program to a halt. We cannot do that now because of the Disaster Management Mm. Act. Mm. We do not have the resources to go and litigate because we do have a strong belief that some of these things, if they were to be tested legal, they would fail the litigation scrutiny. But we do not have, as a union, because we are not funded, we do not have money. So now the only thing we can do that is practical, that is feasible, is that we can go to that task team and continue raising issues and try to appeal to the conscience of USAF, to the conscience mm. of DHEAD and other stakeholders to say, please listen to us, because there are no other means of doing so. So we cannot then come with a superficial solution that cannot be implemented. Mm. Bongani? Uh, I mean, sorry, to uh, yeah, so, so, so I think, I think Bongani is absolutely correct. Us being not listened to does not mean we must stop the conversation. And I think from our side, that is what we've been doing. We've been engaging the university to try and, you know, for instance, we've raised the issues of assessments and the, the online teaching, the, 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 the teaching and learning committee of council of the university is, is giving us an ear. There's, 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 there's been a relaxation of the deferred policies at the institution that, because we continuously raise uh, these issues, you know, and, and they are outstanding. Right now, as I speak to you, I'm preparing for a meeting with the university mm-hmm. to discuss the faith in return of students to residences because that is something that we have proposed to the institution as a result of students having raised concerns and having, you know, uh, 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 inquired with regards to if there is no possibility of them returning to residences because some of them feel as though the academic program will be more worthwhile at, at, at residences. So we continuously engage to find the solutions of the academic program, you know, and, 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 and trying to ensure that we cover most of the students. This, mm. this is where the two of you are not giving me comfort. Mm. I am sensing tensions. I'm, I'm sensing hostilities. And that's what concerns me. So we continue to discuss. We continue to propose. We have been saying this. We've been saying that. Sounds to me like it doesn't matter how many times you're going to continue. We're not going ahead with this. Are the hostilities in such a way no. that we're not going to move forward? I am worried no. about that. Pimelo, uh, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think in us engaging the university, yes. the, the university has begun. 
okay. with the academic program. Yes, you know? yes. And, and like Pongani says, we must be practical and realistic at this point in time. And this, there, there is no hostility. And that is why we, we, we engage the university to say, relax, relax the deferred policies to allow for students that can't continue to do tests and assessments and assignments. Okay. To, Are you to confident do the assignments it's going to happen? Stage. So I'm, it has happened I'm, I'm, ra- I'm rushing because it, of time. It, I'm it, so sorry. It has happened already. Okay. The deferred policies have been relaxed okay. to the phased in return of, of, of students to residences to allow for the transition to work better. It's something that we're in conversation with. So so there is no hostility. Right. We are engaging the university as, as constructive as possible okay. to ensure that no student gets left behind. Because that, right. is, that is, for me, the objective. Yes. And secondly, the objective is also ensuring that the academic program is, 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 is you know, given to all students with the quality that it deserves. Bongani, you raised some interesting points about who said the year must begin in January and end in December. You are absolutely right. The other parts of the world don't necessarily work like that. Are you confident that we will get to a point where we there is cohesion? Um, Tuto is actually the one that raised it. But in the South strategy oh, document yes. to save the academic year 2020, we did raise as one of the scenarios to say align the academic calendar to that of the northern hemisphere mm-hmm. but then that would require then realignment of even basic education of which is something that is possible it sure. is not impossible yeah. so we can align that as a worst case scenario because we have been told by epidemiologists that the peak load might be somewhere around um, september august september and then it might start to decline are so you confident if- are you confident bongani that this is no going to- I am 50-50, to be honest with you. (laughs) Gentlemen, I'm going to have to leave it there. I really thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I'm so sorry we've run out of time, and and I'm so sorry that I couldn't take all of your questions because I see lots of you sending voice notes there. Tuto Khabapiti, who is a VITS SRC president, and I was also in conversation with Bongani Kensane Matlangu, South African Union of Student National Executive Committee member, also a PhD economics candidate at the Northwest University. It's been good, everybody. It's 3 o'clock.